You're listening to Russo's podcast about anything. The show that brings you conversations and interviews with your host, Dave Calaruso. Have you ever wanted to hear a conversation that could be about anything? Here's your answer. Now, get ready to hear a conversation about anything. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of Russo's podcast about anything. And I'm Dave Calaruso, your host. After having about 250 listeners on my podcast now, this is going to become a weekly thing. Aside from this episode, which was a hiccup on the part of my actual career, I was at a military training exercise for the week, so I couldn't produce anything. Now, going to the field is generally when your whole unit picks up and you go out to some obscure location, set up all your tents or into some kind of hardened structure, and you're just with all your Marines, do whatever scenario that you're working with. But uh, in this particular case, we actually didn't have any tents to sleep under, which was actually kind of nice. The weather was great. I got to sleep under the stars. Giant full moon. Orion was out. It was pretty awesome. And you you really get to hang out and uh, work with some of the younger people in in your shop, some of the younger Marines, and really get to know them. Good thing for me, sorry an episode didn't come out. But I promise from here on out, it'll be at least somewhat weekly. Now, moving on to today's episode. Today I'll be talking about Billy the Kid, but not solely Billy the Kid. I'll also cover the Lincoln County Regulators, the Lincoln County War, and the aftermath in Billy's role in the Southwest post the Lincoln County War. Now, about this, don't get me wrong. If you've seen the movie Young Guns, it's a fun movie, and where I kind of got the idea to do this from because I watched it a lot as a kid, and uh, a lot of the characters from that movie are real, but some of their backgrounds and the general background of the war aren't covered, and some of it's not exactly accurate. This will uh, hopefully attempt to fix that. Now, like I said, I grew up loving the movie and then found interest in the actual Lincoln County War, which brought me to this episode where I attempt to tell the story of Billy the Kid. If you go to RussoPodcast.com, you'll actually find great photo galleries of the uh, available of both key part- of the key participants of the war instead of the young, pretty guys from the Young Gun movie, which end up being surprisingly accurate, but also some of the real locations from the war and a battle map of a great shootout that I'm going to try and make exciting. Now, on to the story. So, Billy the Kid or born name, Henry McCarty, and later under the pseudonym, William H. Bonney. Contrary to popular belief, Billy the Kid was born in New York City by his mother, Catherine McCarty, in 1859. When Billy was very young, his father, Patrick, died, and his mother moved herself and Billy to Indianapolis, Indiana, where she met her next husband, William Henry Harrison Antrim. After moving from Indiana with Henry, or William Henry, then to Wichita, Kansas, and then to Santa Fe, New Mexico, Catherine married William Antrim, and Billy took his surname. Sadly, shortly after that, Catherine died of tuberculosis when Billy was 14 years old. After the death of his mother, Billy left home and moved into a boarding home where rent was exchanged for work. And this is about when Billy started committing his first crimes. It started with Billy stealing food. A week later, he robbed a Chinese laundry, stealing clothes, and two pistols. Billy was caught, jailed, and escaped two days later. Now, one thing I noticed about the outlaws in this area, most noticeably Billy, he kind of escaped from jail a lot. Not just him, a lot of the outlaws. Like, all the time. Now, I'm not an expert on 1870s Southwest jails, but it seems like escapes are a pretty common occurrence, and just stay tuned for more. That's going to keep happening. Now, at this point, Billy is working as a ranch hand and starts to get into a bit of gambling in 1876. In 1877, Billy is in Arizona and is drinking at a saloon. Billy gets into an argument with a local blacksmith, and in the heat of the moment, the blacksmith calls Billy a pimp. Kind of an odd choice of insult. It must have been pretty insulting back in the day, but nowadays it's 
just more humorous than anything. But Billy then retorts by calling the blacksmith a son of a bitch, and they grapple down to the floor, and the blacksmith attempts to go for his revolver. Billy overcomes, shoots the blacksmith with his own weapon, who mortally dies the next day. A few days later, Billy gets captured by a justice of the peace, and then he escapes before the proper authorities could get there. Billy then steals a horse, escapes from Arizona to New Mexico, and begins to refer himself as William H. Bonney, leaving the name Henry McCarty and William or Henry Antrim behind. William H. Bonney and John Tunstall. Upon arriving in New Mexico, Billy met John Tunstall, an English businessman and cattleman. Now, contrary to the Young Guns movie about Billy the Kid in the Lincoln County War, John Tunstall was actually only six years older than Billy at 24 years old. But the two grew to have a close bond. John Tunstall moved to the United States in 1876 and quickly moved to New Mexico and started ranching. Upon moving to Santa Fe, New Mexico, John Tunstall soon met an attorney and businessman, Alexander McSween, and the two formed a fast alliance and became business partners. So John Tunstall opens a ranch in Lincoln County, and he and Alexander McSween become supporters of John Chisholm, another local rancher with over 100,000 cattle, and Tunstall and McSween open a merchant store and bank in Lincoln. This is where the trouble begins. An old-school Irishman named Lawrence Murphy lived in Lincoln, and he too had a store and was allied with other Irish cattlemen along with his personal partner and cattleman, James Dolan. They had a monopoly on the area stores, and he had the sheriff, William J. Brady, and the court system deep in his pockets. Now, John Tunstall and Alexander McSween opened their store and bank, and actually offered good deals and low prices to the good people of Lincoln, who quickly start going to Englishman Tunstall and McSween's in place of Murphy and Dolan and the other Irishmen. Now, at this point, a second incident occurs to trigger what's to come. A very wealthy investor of Murphy Dolan dies and leaves behind a large life insurance claim. Murphy claims he deserves that money, which he badly needs because he's almost bankrupt, because the investor was allegedly indebted to him. That investor's attorney is Alexander McSween, and he refuses to give Murphy the money. So Murphy, using his court system that he has in his pockets, gets a court order to seize all the Tunstall and McSween assets. Murphy and Dolan then have Sheriff William Brady form a posse to go and seize said assets from John Tunstall. Now, right before the posse heads out, Sheriff Brady deputizes the entire lot, which makes all their actions legal, to include the recently hired Jesse Evans gang and the well-seasoned and well-trained John Kinney gang. The posse arrive at John Tunstall's ranch on February 18, 1878, while he's out with his horses and some of his ranch hands, to include Billy the Kid and Richard Dick Brewer, a 28-year-old young man from Vermont. They scatter John Tunstall and his ranch hands, and John Tunstall is pursued by a group of Brady's men. John Tunstall is then murdered in cold blood by Jesse Evans and his crew while his ranch hands watch from a distance. John Tunstall's ranch hands and other support of local citizens then form the Lincoln County Regulators, who are deputized by the Lincoln County Justice of the Peace, John Wilson. Dick Brewer leads the Regulators and was joined by Billy the Kid, Doc Skurlock, a 28-year-old from Alabama, Jose Chavez E. Chavez, a 27-year-old from the New Mexico Territories, Charlie Bowdry, a 29-year-old from Georgia, William McCloskey, and six other regulators, as well as Constable Martinez from Lincoln. A defiant Sheriff Brady has Constable Martinez and the regulators arrested. Since the rest is found to be unlawful, the regulators are released, a very 
unglamorous escape. Now that the regulators are free and have strength in numbers, they set out to take revenge against Sheriff Brady's posse members and begin to move towards Lincoln. Along the way, the regulators come across three members of Sheriff Brady's men and capture them along the Blackwater Creek. Dick Brewer assured the three men they'd be safe, but the other regulators, aside from William McCloskey, who was a very close friend of the men, wanted to execute the three men. Three days later, the regulators killed two of the men and McCloskey, and they claimed it was because they tried to escape with the assistance of William McCloskey. But few people in the area believed this story. Two of the bodies had 11 bullet holes each, and there were 11 regulators that day. That same day, the regulators found two more of Sheriff Brady's men and killed them. Now, Sheriff William Brady. As the bodies begin to stack up, Sheriff Brady reaches out to the Territorial Attorney General and asks for assistance. The same Attorney General who is in Lawrence Murphy's and James Dolan's pockets. The Attorney General then reaches out to New Mexico Territorial Governor, former General Lou Wallace, who is an ally of Lawrence Murphy and his associates, who then deems that John Wilson, the Justice of the Police, was illegally appointed and therefore nulled. This nullification then removes the deputization of the regulators, nullifies the warrants they created for John Tunstall's murderers, and has some serious legal ramifications. All of the regulators' previous accusations which were protected by the law are now illegal actions, and the only legal presence remaining in Lincoln County are Sheriff Brady and his men. Now, the level of corruption here is just blowing my mind. Like, current day, you're like... There's a lot of corruption. We all get that. But, like, lobbyists are, like, in my opinion, like, one of the wildest things. Now, I'm going to Google lobbyists just to kind of give everyone an impression here. The definition of lobbyist. A lobbyist is an activist who seeks to persuade members of the government, like members of Congress, to enact legalization that would benefit their group. And the crazy thing about this is, like, this is, like, totally illegal, which is, is odd to me. But uh, just Google lobbyists and which – anyway – that the whole thing is very odd to me and seems kind of bad to me, but compare that to now, the 1870s, like, these guys are just shooting each other in the street and people are paying off the governor and everyone's like, well, yeah, you know, it's 1878 and we're in New Mexico. This is, this is what we do. I'm sorry. Anyway, so the only legal presence is Sheriff Brady and his men. On April 1st, 1878, Billy the Kid and a few of the regulators sneak into Lincoln and are hiding out behind John Tunstall's old store. As Brady and one of his deputies were coming down the main road, the regulators sprang from cover and attacked, shooting wildly. Two of the regulators were mildly wounded, but not before killing the deputy and putting 12 bullets in Sheriff Brady. The two wounded regulators were able to retrieve a warrant for Alexander McSween from Sheriff Brady's body. The Battle of Blazer's Mill. Now, I really encourage you to check out the website. The very one of the bottom parts here, it's going to have a map, a battle map, that will be visualized where it's about to occur. Now, once the regulators depart Lincoln after killing Sheriff Brady, Dick Brewer leads them southwest. After three days of travel, they reach Blazer's Mill on April 4, 1878. Blazer's Mill was a built-up little area of commerce, kind of like an Old West shopping mall. It had a sawmill, a trading post a post office, some corrals and barns, and a restaurant called Mrs. Godfrey's Restaurant. Like I said, a gunfight is about to occur here, and the overhead visual I just mentioned will help you imagine this walkthrough sequence of events. The regulators to include leader Dick Brewer, Billy the Kid, Doc Skurlock, Charlie Bowdry, and about eight more regulators walk into the restaurant for a good meal on the road. 
and up comes a man named Buckshot Roberts trotting up to the sawmill. Buckshot Roberts was on the nullified warrant list for the murder of John Tunstall. He was also looking to leave Lincoln County and was headed to Blazer's Mill that day to sell his ranch to the owner of the mill, Dr. Blazer, and then skip town. Unbeknownst to him, a dozen regulators were dining at the mill. Now, Buckshot Roberts is no slouch. He's a seasoned outlaw at 50 years of age, a former Texas Ranger, participant in the U.S. Civil War, prior associate of Buffalo Bill Cody, and a legendary buffalo hunter and frontiersman. He got his nickname Buckshot due to having Buckshot still stuck in his shoulder from a shotgun blast. The Buckshot still stuck in there made it extremely difficult to aim with a rifle pocketed into his shoulder, which is the most accurate way to fire if you're standing and unsupported. So he had to teach himself to fire from the hip, and he got really damn good at it. So, Buckshot Roberts is approaching the restaurant, and one of the regulators who knows Buckshot leaves the restaurant, flags him down, and begins to have a conversation with him, trying to convince him to surrender to the regulators. It's not working. Buckshot Roberts is afraid the regulators will gun him down regardless. Losing patience, leader Dick Brewer sends out Charlie Bowdry and two more regulators. Seeing the sight of Charlie Bowdry and two other armed regulators heading towards Sim sends Buckshot Roberts into a panic. Charlie Bowdry demands Buckshot throw down his weapons. He doesn't. As he raises his, win raises his Winchester rifle, Charlie Bowdry raises his weapon and they both fire at one another. Charlie is shot in the belt buckle and is knocked down. That same bullet ricochets off the buckle and hits the regulator next to him in the hand and blows part of it off. Charlie Bowdry's round hits Buckshot in the abdomen. Buckshot begins to panic and continues firing as Doc Skurlock and another regular exit the restaurant. Doc Skurlock begins to fire and his pistol is shot by Buckshot which ricochets into his hand. Doc goes down. The other regulator is shot in the chest as Buckshot keeps firing and retreating backwards towards the west of the restaurant. Four regulators down, Buckshot wounded and still firing in a frenzy. Out comes Billy the Kid and he's immediately tagged in the arm by Buckshot. Seeing that Buckshot is now reloading, Billy makes a dash for his ride to grab Buckshot's own pistol. As Billy is running toward Buckshot, Billy shoves his own Winchester rifle into Buckshot's chest and pulls the trigger. But the veteran shooter is too fast. He slams the buttstock of his empty rifle into Billy's chest and lays him flat with Billy's shot flying wild. A wounded Buckshot Roberts then continues to retreat and runs into Dr. Blazer's personal residence and barricades the door. An enraged Dick Brewer then grabs his rifle and runs out of the restaurant. He runs southwest of the restaurant to dash behind a log pile south of the home Buckshot is hiding in. Dick Brewer then takes a shot at Buckshot through an open window, misses, and it strikes the wall behind him, sending pieces of the wall all across the room. Dick Brewer then ducks back down behind the log pile. And then, the seasoned Buckshot Robert aims Dick Brewer's smoke that his rifle left behind. Dick comes back up for another shot, but Buckshot fires first. Dick is shot in the head and killed instantly. The leader of the regulators is dead. Demoralized and mostly wounded, the remaining regulators mount their horses and retreat. Buckshot Roberts would die of his wounds the next day. The Battle of Lincoln A number of small skirmishes would occur over the next few months with both sides of the regulators and the Murphy Dolan gang taking losses. This would soon culminate on July 15, 1878. Alexander McSween is now fully financing the regulators in their fight against the Murphy Dolan gang. Alexander McSween would hire additional guns to reinforce the regulators, including 20 Mexican vaqueros, a type of Mexican cowboy which bumps the regulators' numbers up to 41. They are quickly met by the core group of regulators, now being led by Doc Skurlock, bringing their numbers to about 50. They ride into Lincoln, Lincoln 
and quickly defend McSween's home and the surrounding buildings, barricading the doors and posting shooters on the roofs. Inside of Alexander McSween's house was Alexander and his wife Susan, Billy the Kid, Billy's new best friend and new regulator Tom O'Folliard, a 19-year-old from Texas, Jose Chavez y Chavez, and about 15 other regulators. Doc Skurlock split the rest of the regulators between two more surrounding houses. At this point, new Lincoln Sheriff and Murphy Dolan Lackey, George Pepin, brought a group of Murphy supporters to include snipers, the Jesse Evans gang, and the John Kinney gang in to confront the regulators. Over the next few days, the regulators continued to pick off Pepin's posse until they retreated and requested aid from Fort Stanton's Lieutenant Colonel Stanley Dudley, who eventually conceded to Sheriff Pepin and arrived with enough men, cavalry, and cannons to quickly change the tide of the fight. On July 19th, the fighting reached its peak. Both sides began to engage in heavy gunfire and many men began to be killed or wounded. The McSween house is set on fire. Susan McSween is allowed to escape. One by one, each room began to catch fire until the regulators began to retreat from all of the buildings. In the chaos, one of Pepin's men shoots and kills Alexander McSween. In immediate revenge, Billy the Kid shoots and kills that shooter. And with this, the Lincoln County War is over. The Murphy-Dolan faction wins, and the regulators flee as fugitives. Lawrence Murphy dies two months later of cancer and handed over his enterprise to his partner, James Dolan. In 1879, one year after John Tunstall's death, James Dolan acquired all of John Tunstall's wealth and property. Susan McSween would hire an attorney to advocate for the regulators, but that attorney is shot down and killed by Jesse Evans. Susan McSween, over time, acquires vast acres of land and thousands of cattle. She will die wealthy in 1931 at the age of 85. But that's not the end of the story of Billy the Kid. In October of 1878, New Mexico Territorial Governor Lew Wallace still wanted Billy the Kid and other members of the Regulators. He proclaimed an amnesty period for anyone who participated in the Lincoln County War who had not previously committed a crime. This excluded most members of the Regulators to include Billy the Kid and Doc Skurlock. Still on the run in March of 1879, Billy the Kid writes to Governor Lew Wallace claiming he could give him information on a recent murder in exchange for amnesty and leniency. Governor Wallace agrees to meet in secrecy to discuss the details. Eventually, the governor agrees to give Billy clemency and protection if he agrees to pass all the information of the murder to a grand jury. Billy allows himself to be arrested by the new Lincoln County Sheriff, Sheriff Kimball, and is put into custody. At the same time, Doc Skurlock had been caught and arrested and charged with the murder of Buckshot Roberts. While Doc was awaiting his own trial, Billy upheld his end of the bargain and testified but the district attorney refused to release Billy the Kid despite his testimony and going through with his end of the bargain. Billy the Kid and Doc Skurlock then escape from the Lincoln County Jail and flee Lincoln County. While they were fleeing, Billy the Kid fell back into crime and began to steal cattle from John Chisholm. John Chisholm was mentioned earlier in the episode as an associate of Alexander McSween. Upon the cattle rustling, John Chisholm sent a posse after Billy and Doc. This is the final straw for Doc Skurlock. Doc Skurlock left the gang and fled to Texas in late 1879. He married, settled down, and became a highly respected citizen. Doc Skurlock died at the age of 80 in Eastland, Texas in 1929 and was buried along with his wife, Maria Antonia. Doc and Maria had 10 children. Now back to Billy the Kid, who was still on the run. 
In January 1880, Billy kills again. He tricks a man in a saloon to draw on him, but Billy is able to, to shoot first, and here's why. Billy approaches the man and tells him he admires his pistol and asks to see it. Billy then sets the cylinder so the hammer of the pistol would drop on an empty chamber. After taunting the man with his own death, the stranger drew on Billy and fired to no avail. Billy then killed him and fled town to a friendly rancher named Jim Greathouse, who introduced Billy to Dave Rudabaugh. Teamed with Dave Rudabaugh, Billy and Dave killed a sheriff's deputy and went on the run together. While on the run with Dave Rudabaugh, Billy reunites with his old friends Charlie Bowdry and Tom O'Folliard. But the beginning of the end is drawing near. What the new gang didn't know is that Lincoln County elects a new sheriff, Sheriff Pat Garrett. Although he wouldn't be made sheriff officially until January 1st, 1881, Pat Garrett convinces outgoing Sheriff Kimball to make him a deputy sheriff. He then forms a posse and begins to sue, pursue Billy and his gang. Billy and his gang begin to head to the town of Fort Sumner, but Pat Garrett and his posse beat him there. As they rode into town on December 19, 1880, the posse who had been waiting in an ambush opened fire. Billy and his gang escape, but not before Pat Garrett shot and killed young Tom O'Folliard. The gang flees and were hiding in a small hut on December 22nd. Overnight, Pat Garrett's posse found them and silently surrounded the area. On the morning of December 19th, Charlie Bowdry emerged to feed and water the horses. He is immediately riddled with rifle shots from Garrett's posse. He stumbles back into the hut, and Billy urged him to take a few of them with you when you die. Charlie Bowdry once again exits the hut and is shot to death, stumbling towards Pat Garrett repeating the phrase, I wish, I wish. Charlie Bowdry is buried next to Tom O'Folliard. Billy the Kid and Dave Rudabaugh surrender to Pat Garrett. After multiple transfers, Billy the Kid is brought to Santa Fe for trial in April of 1881. After two days of testimony, Billy the Kid is found guilty of the murder of Sheriff Brady. He is sentenced to be hanged in May of 1881. Thirteen days after being sentenced, Billy kills two deputies and escapes again. After three months, Pat Garrett receives rumors of Billy's whereabouts and goes after him again in July of 1881. Pat Garrett arrives at Cattle Herder and friend of Billy's, Pete Maxwell. They speak for hours and into the night when unexpectedly, Billy the Kid enters and is unable to recognize Pat Garrett due to the poor lighting. But Pat Garrett recognizes Billy. He draws his pistol and shoots him twice in the heart. On July 14, 1881, at 21 years of age, William McCarty, a.k.a. William Antrim, a.k.a. William H. Bonney, a.k.a. Billy the Kid, died. He was buried next to Charlie Bowdry and Tom O'Folliard. folks i think that's a pretty awesome place to end it now and just thank you for listening even if you're just listening for a little bit now if you ever have a topic you want me to talk about or want to come on the show yourself 
please reach out to me by all means. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and all available podcast directories. And whenever possible, leave a five-star review and leave a, an actual uh, texted review. That'd be great too. I'm now available on both Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and about a dozen other podcast directories. Uh, additionally, you can go on RussoPodcast.com, as usual, to see any information on upcoming podcasts. Well, ladies and gents, I suppose that's about it. Uh, I was going to end with Billy Joel's Ballad of the Billy the Kid, but upon re-listening to it, I realized it is wildly inaccurate. So instead, I'm going to close out with this. It's a fantastic song from 1977 by a group called The Highwaymen, which features Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and remember, Epstein didn't kill himself. I was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the spring of 25 but I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico I went aloft to furl the mainsail in a blow and when the yards broke off, they said that I got killed But I'm living still I was a dam builder Across the river deep and wide Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound But I'm still around I'll always be around, around, around Fly a starship across the universe divide And when I reach the other side I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can Perhaps I may become a highwayman again Or I may simply be a single drop of rain but I will remain I'll be back again